0: Hello everyone here, everyone online. Good to uh, be with you this morning as we celebrate the grace of Jesus that we've just been singing about, you know, our great Savior, what uh, amazing grace that we have. And as Carl uh, just sang for us, that uh, sense of when we come to Jesus, He takes away our fears. He, we're at peace. We, we see clearly. And one of the things, I don't know that you've found this, but when I'm in a safe place, when it's really a place of grace, when really a beautiful Savior that I'm with, that leads me to the freedom to be honest. You know, to be honest, most importantly, with myself and the ways that I fall short of God's command and desire for me. So uh, th- hopefully we this hasn't been a setup, but it has set us up to be that freedom of being honest with ourselves. One of the things that I've realized recently, maybe um, you can relate or better yet, you probably can think of some friends that could relate. Um, and, and that's just uh, how judgmental I can be when I'm driving. You know again uh, maybe that's uh, not uh, not you but i'm sure you have friends that need that can relate to this you have a pastor that can um, yeah and, and it i think it's sort of been heightened because it's like people weren't driving for the last year and a half and now they are you know and they're in a hurry to get somewhere they're sort of zooming um they're taking that literally now and i I, tell you a story i'm on north bend you know going west and we're you know by sam's and it goes over 74 right there and i mean this car is right on my tail and then it jumps to the side rushes by me jumps to the other side you know and i'm Not thinking the best things, maybe even using my pastoral role incorrectly, calling down the wrath of God on this person. I find a a sort of a sickness in me as I look back on it that I felt sort of justified and righteous when we then were waiting at the same light. It's just they got there before I I did, you know, and then and the, the light turns green. They take off, pull over to the left and then they turn into Mercy West Hospital. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, maybe instead of anger I, and calling down God's wrath, I should have been praying God's mercy on this person. But that's how easy and how quickly, you know, we can judge others. And I, I even found out I'm not alone. There's a sociological principle that I can blame here as to how we judge others. And what. Yeah, and, and just that question, you know, do you judge others like you judge yourself? It, this, this sociological principle is called the self-attribution bias. Yeah, and it means we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt before we give others. We attribute to ourselves good motives when we attribute to others bad motives. Uh, we, when we are successful, we attribute to ourselves hard work and ingenuity. When others are successful, ah, they got lucky. You know, it was handed to them on a silver platter. They were just at the right place at the right time. Uh, when, when we fail, it's because other people got in the way. When others fail, it's because they were incompetent or lazy or something. So that's the self-attribution bias. Again, I... See that in, in me? I was I was uh, recently at the gas pump with, with someone. We were filling up uh, the gas uh, car, and we uh, you know we do Kroger discount kind of things, you know, on gasoline. You know, if you shop at Kroger, this is not a commercial. I'm not getting paid for this, but you know, if you you do that, you they can give you a discount, you know, on the gas. And so when that happens, and we have a good discount, we want to maximize it. So we take gas cans, you know, and fill the gas cans up. And I know I'm not the only person that does that in this church. I know at least one other. Um, that does that, but you know, um, the, uh, we were there and we were doing that. And the person I was with just started laughing as we were doing it because he said he had, he had passed by a gas station just the day earlier and saw someone doing that and thought to themselves, uh, this person is stockpiling gasoline because they've heard there's a shortage. And then as he realized we were doing, he just laughed And how easy it was to fall into that that trap of doing that. By the way, this is free. There's not a gas shortage. There is a shortage of truck drivers. So if you're looking for a well-paying job, truck driving is the way to go. They need people to take gasoline to all the gasoline stations that are without. Yeah, there's plenty of gas. It's just getting getting it, transporting it there. So, today's passage helps give us a little bit of some guidance to thwart really what the Scriptures call a judgmental spirit. And we've given it a nice little term, that self-attribution bias. Um, Our passage is in Romans chapter 2. Um, uh, let me set it up just a little bit. Let me recall, for those of you um, that have been following along, and uh, those of you, uh, the, you'll remember this, but those that are just here with us uh, for the first time, just checking this out. Um, uh, in the book of Romans, Paul's writing a letter to a collection of small house churches in Rome. This is first century church. There's maybe 10 to 20 people in each of these little house churches. And, and he's been set, he's setting the scene right here in these chapters, um, uh, to, to try to highlight some of the commonalities uh, among them because there's Jew and Gentile and they're very different, very different experiences, very different social realities, very different re, re, religious histories. And yet in Jesus now they've come together, yet they have this broad, broad diversity uh, among them. And so he is finding a commonality here and he does it uh, in verse, in chapters one, two, and three to say, you are all sinners. That's where you're common. You are all sinners. You all fall short of the glory of God. Everybody does. You know, whoever their Tony Evans was of that day. Paul would say, Tony Evans falls short. The Pope falls short. Beth Moore falls short. Your grandma, she falls short. Before God, there is one standard by which all are judged and all fall short. Uh, but last week, what Paul talked about were mostly the Gentiles who were immoral. He, he, looked, he, he looked out among the, the, the community in first-century Rome and says, "Look at all the sin that's going. On. You can see how far they are from following the ways of God." Today, he's going to talk about two other groups: the the moral Gentile. So, the Gentiles were they weren't Jewish; they didn't have the law, but there, there were some that were moral. He's going to talk about them. Then he's going to talk about the Jew. He's going to tell them why the, that the word, having the Ten Commandments, that's not going to save you from God's judgment. And neither is being circumcised in the religious rituals. Those aren't going to save you from God's judgment either. All of you are in the same boat. So again, today is a lot of the bad news that we need to hear to prepare us for the good news. Let's pray. Uh, Almighty God, thank you again for your written word. May your spirit now empower us to hear from you and, and learn from you so that we indeed would follow you. We would be a witness uh, to you and, and you would correct us according to your good and perfect will. In the name of Jesus, we, we pray. Amen. All right, Romans chapter 2, uh, starting with verse 12 and we'll read through verse 29. Have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. On that day, when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. Now he turns to the Jews. For circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. For circumcision is of a man who is uncircumcised, keeps the precepts of the law. Will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision, but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alright, so the, the first section, dealing with the the uh, moral Gentile, is presents to us clearly as the, the whole section does, that God judges all people by the same standard. This is the, the main point for from all of this beginning part. That the Gentiles don't have that they um, they don't have the written law, but they have the law written in their hearts. You know, part of, again, being created in the image of God. We talked about this last week. There's this sense within us of what is right, what is wrong, what is just, what is unjust. And, and um, all humans have it within them, but we put it to the side that some follow it. We, for us, we, we know folks that are atheists, who are good atheists. You know, they're, they're righteous. They, they have a sense of right and wrong. They seek to do what is, is right, but they fail. And, and God is saying here, that law is in you. And even those that try to follow it, who are aware of it, they recognize that law within them. They follow it some, but they also fall short. They fail. You you see it in verse 14 and 15. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. And then later in verse 16, it says, um, or 15, uh, they show that the works of the law is written on their hearts while Their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. So that conscience within every human being of what is right and wrong, that is God placed within us and that as well reveals God's standards and shows how we fall short. And, and, And he brings to the end saying clearly, Therefore... All are found guilty before God. On that day when according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. A day is coming when Jesus will return and he will return as the judge. That's what he's saying here. On that day, all secrets will be revealed. Everything will be known before Jesus and he will come as the one who is judging. Even the good atheist will be judged. All the secrets will be laid to bear for Jesus' judgment. And all that is evil will be destroyed. And those that do evil in their own capacity will be destroyed. All are found guilty before God. Now, Paul turns from the good atheists. He turns to the Jew. He, he turns to the baptized Jesus follower. The Bible-believing, baptized Jesus follower. He, he turns to them by when he turns to the, the Jew. And he tells them as he turns to them. He says, and now they're not going to be saved because of their lives. And... Neither are you. The Bible won't save you from God's judgment. Now that's what he says here. You, you've got the law. You've got the Ten Commandments. You've got, you, you, you've got the law. You, you, you're not going to be saved by that because you teach it, you share it, you have it, you, you put it in your, in your car, you, you, you carry it with you, you read it, you write notes in it, you, you, you uh, underline in it, but you don't do it. You don't do it. And so God will bring judgment. That same judgment will be upon you. And Jesus is the one who will bring the words of judgment upon you. Jesus is the standard by which those of us who have the the law will be judged. And here are some of the words that Jesus shares with us that are going to be his judgment uh, from Matthew 7. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. Then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, we're under the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. May everyone who hears these words of mine and does them builds their house on the rock. And when the rain falls and the floods come and the winds blow and beat against the house, it will remain. We're told, Paul tells us, a day's coming when there will be the judgment of God and it will be by Jesus and Jesus is now letting us know. These are the standards that Jesus holds. And just because we hold the Bible, just because we have the Ten Commandments memorized, just because I uh, stand up here and preach and teach it, but yet judge the person flying by me on the highway, we fall short. The, the Bible... Will not save us from God's judgment. Going to church. Won't save us from God's judgment. He tells the the Jews then. Circumcision is the example that he uses then. It was one of the religious rituals of the day. An outward sign of their inward reality. But Paul said that is meaningless. If you're not doing what circumcision is about. Which is leading you to follow the commands of god so for us he tells us you know we can attend worship services we can sing we can praise we can dance we can pray with vigor we can confess we can give we can get baptized have communion we can serve as volunteers in ministries in all kinds of places. but we can do all kinds of church stuff but if we're not following the ways of jesus it's meaningless it will not accomplish the glory of God if we're not, unless we keep the law perfectly. Jesus' other uh, teaching. Again, Jesus is our judge. so how, What are his standards? This is from Matthew 5. You've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, that everyone who's angry with his brother will be liable to judgment Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. You've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You've heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone, stops you, anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Everyone judged the same by God in the same way. Jesus judges all and all are found guilty. This is our common reality. For you and for me and for him and her and all of them. We are all at this place. Because God is 100% pure. And if you have something that's 100% pure... If anything of any kind of impurity enters into that presence, it's no longer 100% pure. That's why God destroys that which is evil. That's why the writer of Hebrews says God is a consuming fire. This reality is what should help. helps me. It should help us and our judgmental spirits and our, our self-attribution bias. It, it corrects definitively those biases it brings all of us to say no I, until we we can't judge others until we have judged ourselves rightly and correctly it, it takes us to that place of total humility total dependence on a wonderful savior on the amazing grace of jesus that it's in him only and only through him that that, that we are saved that we are rescued from the wrath of God. From God's judgment. This, this this reality releases you, releases me, releases us all from any kind of job of being judgmental on others. That's God's job, not ours. We're released from that responsibility. This week, you know, just keep a, a track of yourself of how are the ways that maybe you act judgmentally towards others. And take that energy and look in the mirror. Yeah, you know, just take that, stop wasting time on focusing on things you really have no control over in order to make ourselves feel better about ourselves or something. Instead, let's take that and point it to ourselves yeah help, help one another Yeah. You know again we we have biases in this we don't even notice it that it's happening but when when if you notice it you notice it in one another help one another to say hey are we are we getting judgmental in our thoughts here is this this is judgmental um or are you talk, talking uh to too much about other people instead of focusing on yourself is this god's hint for you in this moment to look in the mirror uh, we, we can then freely admit to ourselves, we can admit to God, we can admit to one another, ways that we focus our, our judgmental attention on others instead of ourselves, and, and hopefully, eventually, that just becomes that we laugh at ourselves. That we just say, yeah, Paul's right. Yeah, you know, we are all fall short of the glory of God. We are all in the same boat before God, and yet for Jesus, this is the, the this it would be our destruction. And that the again that freedom that Carl was singing about that that comes when we're before a Savior that leads us to be able to laugh at ourselves, to be honest. And to realize just how much we judge others more than ourselves and to whenever we see it to keep on running back to Jesus. To confess, to receive His grace and to grow more and more in the mature in Him. I mean, that, that's why every Sunday we take time to confess our sin. So it becomes our habit. That it transforms us, not to just check it off, but that it becomes our habit. It becomes, oh, this is what we do. This is what we've learned to do. That whenever we see our own sin, we run to Jesus because it's not we try harder or we we make amends. We we do all those things too, but what saves us is Jesus. So we go to Him, we confess, and we receive from Him in the power of the Spirit so that He will work in us to continue to transform us. But our salvation... Is not in our ability to be transformed. It is in the cross, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. So Jesus judges us with a laser-like precision. That's so what he said. Everything is revealed. No secrets. Even secrets I'm keeping from myself. Even in my own ignorance of my own sin, that's revealed before Jesus. Nothing is is left hidden. My selfishness, my disobedience, my rebellion against Him, my self-sufficiency, my own arrogance, it's revealed before Him. All is uncovered for me, for you, for everyone. And then Jesus takes it on Himself. He is the judge who reveals our sin. And then He makes the sentence of our separation from God, our own destruction, and then He on the cross takes that sentence in our place so that we can have His sentence, which is the righteousness and glory of God for all of eternity. That's the good news. But I don't want to go there too fast. We'll get there. Next week, the week, couple weeks after, that was what Paul focuses his attention on. But as I said in the beginning and last week, we have to know and sit in the bad news a little bit. In our age of give me a shot, give me a pill, whatever I can do to get over this. We do not sit in our brokenness and in the evil that we bring to this world. We don't sit in that. Give me something to distract. Give me something to ease it. Well, if we need to sit now, we need to realize the bad news so that we just realize how much more meaningful the good news is. And when we realize that, that frees us up to live in Jesus and grace. It frees us up from that, that spirit of judgmentalism. It frees us up from trying to compare ourselves to others. That's why he's, uh, Paul mentions in here, our, our praise is not from man, but from God. That's who we're living for. That's the, our ultimate judge. And that's what we want to live in. And that's where life is found when we are in Him. But if we are denying or if we're looking over or sidestepping or ignoring our own brokenness, our own sin and evil within us because of the sin and evil of others that we can so easily point out, then we miss the beauty of the good news. And we might even be fooling ourselves thinking we have something to do with it. Jesus takes our sentence upon himself at the cross. He is the judge of all and the savior of all who will come to him. Now just dream with me for a minute. You know, what, what would happen... If we, the church of Jesus Christ today, really take this to heart, we truly focus our attention upon ourselves to follow the righteousness of God, to be transformed by His Spirit, to celebrate His grace and mercy working in us, changing us today so that we don't just know and memorize and study the Bible, but we even do what Jesus is calling us to do in the power of His Spirit What if we really took that to heart? We focused our attention here instead of there when it comes to our judgment. And we truly became less judgmental on others. And and that energy is focused on being empowered by the Spirit in in the ways of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Man. Man. If that really became what the church of Jesus Christ was about in our city, here in our city, in our country, then I bet there'd be a few good atheists who would take a look and say, hmm, there's something unique about that, people. There's a, there's a freedom there. There's an honesty there. There's a humility there. I I, I bet others who aren't even the good atheists, but the the ones who are wild and lost and and, and uh, pursuing their own pleasure without thought of others, even they might see the freedom and the good news being lived out. What they're really longing for, they would see people living out that good news in Jesus, truly being able to laugh at themselves and truly having entrusted themselves to the grace and mercy of Jesus. And and even we would experience that. That honest humility and total dependence on Jesus. That our secrets no longer need to be kept. That our own work to build ourselves up is not necessary. Because we are fully loved. We are fully enjoyed. We are fully welcomed in the grace of Jesus. May may that be what God does in and through us as we rest for a moment in the bad news, knowing the reality of the good news. Amen.